Good morning, good morning. It is Resurrection Sunday, and I hope you're awake, alive, alert, and maybe out of your pajamas, maybe not. Hope you're doing well today on this beautiful Easter Sunday. So glad you're here to join us this morning for uh, a little bit of uh, the Word of God on this beautiful, beautiful morning. I hope you're doing well. hope everyone's going well. Uh, this is the weekend of the three F's, fun, family, and food. So hope you enjoy the weekend. Uh, it is Easter and full of lots of treats, of course, lots of treats, candy, eggs, bunnies, like pretty dresses, handsome little guys, family photos, and the world, the world celebrates Easter, right? It celebrates all of this. We're, we're really good at celebrating stuff. Like we can party with the best of them, can't we? We're good at that. The problem is the world is oblivious to the real meaning and the real impact of what this day truly, truly means. The world is oblivious. Like, like wandering into a party not knowing what the party is even for. Have you ever done that? I did that a lot in high school growing up, Friday nights party at somebody's house, we all show up, more people than we're supposed to, and we're all there having a great time, and somebody says, hey, it's Joe's birthday, that's this party, it's what it's for, and everybody laughs, and, and, and nobody has a clue, and somebody says, I'll drink to that. Oblivious, right, oblivious. Just having a good time, just feeling the groove, right? The resurrection of Jesus gives us abundant life. His resurrection gives off us life to the full. Like it, it, the true meaning of Easter and the resurrection of Jesus gives us like purpose. It gives us joy. It gives meaning to our life because Christ conquered the grave. And with God, with God, things make better sense. Everything makes better sense. Most people in this world find themselves just going through the motions, living in a funk, right? The funk of life, almost in a trance, just get up, go to work, eat, go to sleep, get up, go to work, eat, repeat, 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 right? Just going through the motions of the daily grind, almost dreading another day, not a whole lot of hope. And not a whole lot to look forward to other than maybe a Friday night or a party coming up or some trip on your schedule. All because the world, the world simply does not know Jesus, the risen Savior. You know, some of the saddest words in the Bible, some of the saddest words in the Bible are these. He came to that which were his own and they knew him not. Aren't those sad words that God sends his son into the world and the world doesn't even recognize God in the flesh on the planet? See, Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, and the Tooth Fairy, we know. But Jesus, 
I don't know. I don't even have time for him. There's a, there's a really cute commercial. You've probably seen it on TV. It's a State Farm commercial, right? With this giant seven foot four basketball player, the Houston Rockets, Bobane Marjenovic. He's like from Serbia. And the, the best thing about this guy, not only is he tall and he, he can reach the basket easy, but his birthday is on the greatest day, like, ever. He comes into the locker room, right? In this commercial, in the State Farm commercial, he comes into the locker room and he looks around and then the face comes ripping off. It's rubber. He, uh, he, uh, his jacket zips open and there's these three little guys inside there like on each other's shoulders. And the kid says, one of the kids says, good work today, boys. And another kid says, it's a living. It's a living. And this is how most people on the planet live. Just making a living. Just wandering through life. Like this, TGIF, right? Just thankful for another Friday. A work week gone, Friday's here. We get to let our hair down and relax for a few days and then back to the grind. That's how most people live their lives. Wasting one week after another week. Not making any real impact on the world at all. And all the while, and all the while we're saying TGIF, there's so much, so much more for you. God has so much more for you and for your life. In this world, most people settle for minimum impact and God wants us to have maximum impact. You know, there's a, a lot of great Bible passages. Maybe you have a, a few of your own that you love and they're your go-to passages. But there's one really great passage of scripture. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul is writing to the Corinthians. And Paul says these words to them. Now I declare to you, brothers, the good news which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you also stand. I love that. By which also you are saved if you hold firmly the word which I preached to you unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which is I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And verse five says, and that he appeared. And then Paul goes on to explain who he appeared to, and all the many different appearances that Jesus has. This is a great passage of Scripture. In this passage of Scripture contains the entire gospel, the very good news for you and for me, that God loves us, that he loves the world, that he loves you and he loves me. Paul says in this passage, he says this, this good news, this good news right here, on which you have taken your stand. That's a powerful uh, a sentence right there. 
that the gospel, the truth about Jesus, is where we will stand. We will take our stand on the word, on the word of God, and we will not be moved by the word or by the world and its influences on mankind. We will not be moved by the world who reject, ignore, and deny the faith, the power of God, his Holy Spirit, and his precious son who gave his life as a ransom for many, on him we will stand. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And by it, Paul says, by this word that I preach to you, you are saved. By the word of God, you are saved. If, if, huge if right here, if you hold firmly to the word, Paul says that I preach to you. That Christ died, just like the prophet said. That Christ was buried and raised on the third day, just like the prophets said. And that he appeared. He appeared to the apostles. He appeared to the women. He appeared, appeared to crowds of people in various places, at various occasions, all in, in a 40-day period after his death, burial, and resurrection. And then on one occasion, he appears to 500 people at the same time. And Paul adds, most of whom are still alive when he wrote this letter. As if to say, if you want, you can go and ask them about it. Feel free. That's confidence in the proof that is an assurance in the resurrection. That is a confirmation that Jesus Christ came, died, was buried, and rose again just like God said he would in the Old Testament, just like the prophets said. Oh, it's Easter. It's Easter time. And you can celebrate all you want, right? We can do that. We can eat chocolate. We can dress up. We can hide some eggs. And we can have a ball. We can have a ball with it all. But if, but if, if on this day, on this day, you miss, if you miss on this Easter Sunday, the power of what took place almost 2,000 years ago outside of Jerusalem to a man by the name of Jesus, the Son of God, then you have missed everything. If you miss that, you have missed everything. You are majoring in the minors in this world and you are living without the greatest hope in the universe. I was blessed few uh, weeks back to be in the Keys with my brothers, doing some fishing with my good friend George, showed some pictures weeks ago about all that. And I took this picture on George's boat in the Keys, Key Largo, of the sun just coming up over the, the horizon. Just the most beautiful, this picture does not do a good job of it, but just second by second, the most beautiful sunrise as, as, as the sun peaked, not just over the horizon, but through the clouds. It was, it was magnificent. It's beautiful. When you're on the ocean and you see that, it's gorgeous. The Easter story is a lot like a sunrise story. It stays dark for what seems to be a long time, 
And then just over the horizon, through the clouds, comes that first ray of light. That first glimmer of hope and brightness. And it's a reminder of our great hope that we have in the midst of a lot of darkness in this world. Don't major in the minors. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is pointing out to the religious leaders their hypocrisy, right? That, that they expected people, the Jewish nation, to do certain things and the way they lived their lives, but the leaders were unwilling to do those things themselves. And Jesus, he has a lot to say to them, but one of the things Jesus says to them is this, you religious hypocrites, you strain at a gnat, but you swallow a camel. Now, that's kind of a funny statement, right? This is like the humor of Jesus. You strain at a gnat and you swallow a camel. You are so determined to go after the things that don't matter and completely neglect the one that matters the most. That's what they were guilty of. That's what they refused to do. They were so locked into their little world and their grind of life and their benefits that came with their little rules and regulations. They didn't have room. They didn't have time for God or his truth or his word. We really, you and I, should really rethink what we're doing with our lives. We need to think this through. Like beyond just, oh, that's an interesting statement. No, we need to think this through for our own lives and what we think is so important in our life. What in this world has grabbed your attention so strongly? What, what in this world is captivating you? Like what has you? What's got you locked in? so hard that you don't have time for God or the things of God in a deeper, deeper way. What's got a grip on your heart? What has a grip on your mind? And let's put our eyes back on the one who matters the most. Let's keep the most important person in all of creation Let's keep him the most important person right here on the throne of who we are. Strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Could you picture that? That's kind of funny, isn't it? And at the very same time, not only is it funny, it's, it's completely sad as well. So allow me on this Resurrection Sunday to share with you three C's of Easter, the three C's of Easter, at least the three C's as I see them, and no, they are not candy, chocolate, and carrots, okay? Those are not the three C's I'm talking about. These three C's should stir us to a deeper walk with our God and a greater appreciation for what the Lord Jesus has gone through for you and me and what he means to our life. Are you ready? Here we go. First C. 
The first C is a crown. It's a crown. Matthew 27 records the crown of thorns like this. And a crown of thorns is not a fun crown. This is not a crown of gold, a crown of silver or bronze with rubies and, and stones in it that feels good on your head and makes you look like you are on top of the world. This is a crown of humiliation jabbed into your skull, which would cause lots of bleeding down your the sides of your face and your neck as those thorns jabbed into your scalp. This is not a good crown. Matthew 27 says it like this. The governor's soldiers took Jesus to the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison together against him. They stripped him and they put a scarlet robe on him. They braided a crown of thorns and they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand and they kneeled down before him and they mocked him. This is God's only son sent to the world for foolish people who continue to do foolish things to him when he arrives saying, Hail the King of the Jews. They spat on him and took the reed and they struck him on the head, driving those crown of thorns deeper into his skull. And then they mocked him and they took the robe off him and they put his clothes on him and they led him away to crucify him. The crown. The life of Jesus was an adventurous life. It was filled. His life from the moment he was born was filled with miracles and joy and healings and, and, and opposition. But it was a, an adventurous life that Jesus lived from the time he was born until this moment in time. Yes, there were ups and downs. There were good moments and there were rough moments. There were times of doubt and there were times of great belief. There were times when the crowds were so amazed at Jesus. They just wanted more from him. They wanted to hear more. They wanted to, to follow him closely, his disciples did, and learn every word that he had to say. Almost three years of ministry, touching lives, healing people, loving the world, doing good. And then the end came swift. The final week of his life and those final few hours and days came very quickly. Betrayed and denied by friends, arrested, mocked and beaten like a sheep flogged and led to the slaughter. And in the most mocking, slanderous way, they shoved a crown of thorns into his head. And they meant it very much for evil. They meant it as mockery. They meant it as a fist shaking at God, saying, we don't need you or this person who claims to be your son. They meant it for evil, but God would use it. He would use this, this crown of thorns to show the kingship 
of Jesus. The crown says that Jesus is Lord. The crown says that all authority belongs to him. A crown. Secondly, a cross. The second C is a cross. A cross. Cross is brutal. There is nothing, there is nothing glamorous. There is nothing pretty. There is nothing uh, wonderful or, 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 or emotionally feeling good. When you consider a cross, I know we people wear crosses around their neck. We, we show the cross in a lot of different ways and we almost glamorize the cross, but there is nothing pretty about the cross. It is a ugly, rough, hunk of wood used to torture people. And in John chapter 19, John, he says it like this. So then he, Pilate, delivered Jesus to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took Jesus and they led him away. He went out bearing his cross to the place called the place of the skull, which called in Hebrew is Golgotha, where they crucified him and with two others on either side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate wrote a title also and put it on the cross. There was written Jesus Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Therefore, many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Hebrew and Latin and in Greek. The chief priests of the Jews therefore said to Pilate, don't write the King of the Jews, but that he said, I am the King of the Jews. And Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. That's beautiful, isn't it? Almost as, as if God were saying, what you wanted written has been written and it's true and you can't do anything about it. Caught in your own trap, your own demise. See, the old rugged cross, the old rugged cross was an instrument of torture and pain and brutality, violence. One of the most humiliating ways that a person could die. And the Son of God, this gift from above that came to this earth to bring love and grace to the world, was nailed to it. Suspended from the earth. Painfully suffocating. Mocked. And a spear thrust into his heart. That cross... That cross that Jesus died on was my cross. That cross that Jesus died on was your cross. The punishment was for me. He took our sorrows. He took our pain. He took our sins and he nailed them to that tree. He came to the end of his work on earth and it ends very ugly. Very, very ugly. There's nothing pretty about the last few days of the life of Jesus on this earth. The crown, a statement of his kingship. The cross, an instrument of my punishment. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross 
and he bore them both. Number three. The third C is a cave. A cave. Dark and dreary and cold and uh, musty. A place of death. Right outside the city, not far from where Jesus was crucified, the place called Golgotha. A cave or a tomb. John 19 says it like this. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, this is kind of wimpy, for fear of the Jews, asked of Pilate that he might take away Jesus's body. Pilate gave him permission, and he came, therefore, and he took away his body. Nicodemus, you remember him, who at first came to Jesus at night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred Roman pounds. And so they took Jesus' body, and they bound it in linen cloths with spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, there was a new tomb in which no man had ever let, uh, been led, laid before. And then because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was near at hand, they laid Jesus there in this tomb, in this cave, in this hole in the ground. Sentenced, mocked, beaten, crucified, pronounced dead, and buried in a borrowed tomb. Borrowed because he would not need it for long. That's why the tomb was borrowed. Isn't that beautiful? See, it's Friday. It's Friday, a very cloudy dark, dreary Friday. And this is a sad, sad day for all of mankind, Friday. And it seemed that evil would once again prevail on the earth. The sinless uh, of the heart, the sinfulness of the heart of man once again on full display. But this is only Friday. Sunday is coming. Sunday's on its way. If we learn anything about our God, it's this, that where sin abounds, where it is full, grace much more abounds. If we learn anything from our God, it's this, that in our weakness, he is made strong. If we learn anything about our God, it's this, and what mankind meant for evil and for harm, God is able to use for good. That's how our God is. Life on this planet is crazy. And, and it gets off the tracks very quickly and very hard. The effects of the broken planet rise up and smack us upside the head often. You may feel at times in this world defeated and at times hopeless, and it would be easy to want to give up. I know that feeling, and I know most people have that feeling at some point in their life that what is the point? It's useless. Without Jesus in your life, nothing, absolutely nothing makes sense. Nothing. But here is the good news. 
Here is the very good news and the very message of Easter. This is the truth. This is the nugget. Are you ready for it? I hope you're ready for it. Here it is. A lot can happen in three days. There is a whole lot that can happen in just three days. When everything seems impossible and that the mountain before you is so big and so dark and so dreary and almost impossible, just let God move it. Let God roll that stone away. A lot can happen in just three days because Jesus did not stay in that dark, cold tomb. And on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead and he conquered the grave and the curse of sin and death now has an antidote. The sting of death is removed and the blood of Jesus covers all my sin. Easter is about the resurrection of mankind from sin through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. In a personal relationship with Jesus, you and I can have hope, we can have mercy, we can have grace, we can have forgiveness, and we can have this bright future in Christ. The cave is empty and we can celebrate again. Our sorrow has been turned to joy. Our hopelessness has been trumped by glory and the empty tomb gives every human being the opportunity to know salvation by knowing Jesus. And only in Jesus, the Son of God, do we have such hope. And if you don't have this amazing gift of God in you, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, why not today? Why not on this Easter Sunday, right today? Surrender your heart and your mind and your soul to Jesus today and let the truth of the empty tomb be your victory story too. Look, if you've never given your life to Christ, I urge you through the World Wide Web today, talk to somebody about what that means and how a person goes about that. If you want to talk to me, feel free. Text me, call me, figure out however you can get a hold of me. I would be glad to talk to you about that and show you what the scripture teaches us about that. But don't let another resurrection day go by without you being right with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not about religion. This is not about growing up in a certain tradition. This is about a personal relationship with the one who came to this earth and died on a cross for each and every one of us. This is about a relationship. It is not about a religion. Have a great Easter Sunday. Love you guys. Take care and we'll see you next week. God bless you.